It's the place where today's trending stories meet common sense and intelligent insight. Kind of what I feel like is a pretty balanced perspective. And a few laughs along the way. I like knowing things. This is the Angie Austin and Mike Opelka Show. Hello, happy listeners. It is uh, the Angie Austin and Mike Opelka Show. Welcome to November. Wow. Where did the year go? It seems like Angie and I were just starting this show about eight, nine months ago, and boom, it's November. Just amazing how quickly time flies. Angie will be joining me shortly. We have a couple of hot topics we have to get to today. You're going to be hearing a lot in the media today about the midterm elections. Yeah, I know. We've only got five more days to get through this. And I wish, I wish, I wish, if I were emperor, I would mandate that the time before all elections, all campaigning would cease five days before the election. No speeches, no ads. Uh, TV could not be reporting it. We couldn't have polling. We would just have quiet. And we would have five days of contemplation before election day. But that's not going to happen. If that would happen, think of the peace and quiet we would have. Think of the focus we could put on other issues that probably are more important. Things at your home. Things that are fun. So uh, I, I dream. I dream. But it's not happening. Um, there's a story that's caught my attention. I have to save it till Angie gets here about the uh, food magazine editor who was forced to resign after publishing some interesting stories about vegans. We'll get to that. Uh, There's more news in the Harvey Weinstein case. You know, the New York district attorney filed charges against Weinstein, and then it looked like some incompetence was actually forcing the Weinstein case to be possibly thrown out. Uh, Now a new charge has appeared that Harvey Weinstein sexually assaulted a 16-year-old girl. And uh, I I just hope this guy is not allowed out among society. I think that's, that's the way to go. Big party in Boston yesterday, but oops. The parade to celebrate the World Series uh, for the Boston Red Sox. They had the parade and there were a lot of people lining the streets as they, you know, pulled the caravan past all the fans. Well, one Bobo is now charged with disorderly conduct and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon after he threw a full, unopened can of beer at one of the duck boats that were hauling all of the members of the Red Sox down the streets along the parade route. He threw a full beer and it hit somebody on the uh, on the float, but it also hit the World Series trophy, too. So this idiot could have damaged, could have really hurt the uh, the member of the team who was on the on the float. Uh, You can fix the trophy. But my God, man, you're throwing a beer can. Just come on, people. Let's not be stupid. I know that's coming from me, the guy who focuses on saying silly things all the time. But uh, really, what are you doing? Um, There is one story I want to quickly mention before we wrap up here and before Angie gets in here. 
the president was talking about uh, adding more troops to the border, and he talked about upping the troops to 15,000, which is more than we have in Afghanistan. And uh, a reporter asked our Secretary of Defense if this was a stunt. So is this a political stunt, as critics allege? Yeah, the support that we provide to the Secretary uh, for uh, Homeland Security uh, is practical uh, support based on the request from the Commissioner of uh, Customs and Border Police. And so uh, we don't we don't do stunts in this department. Thank you. I love that answer. I love it when the Secretary of Defense, the guy who's charged with keeping us safe, decides to tell the media we don't do stunts in this department. It's just that the media is so glib around some of the government officials. And I've said this before Donald Trump came in. I thought there was a certain lack of respect from some media outlets towards members of cabinets in previous administrations. So it's not just this one. We just see it more often here. All right. We have a lot to get to. Uh, Angie, uh, Angie's stepping in. So uh, we'll talk some of the silly news of the day, some of the serious news of the day, and maybe something that will help you, because really, that's why we're here. Michael Pelka, stepping aside. When we get back, Angie joins me on the Angie Austin and Michael Pelka Show. Angie Austin and Michael Belka here. Uh, keep it together, Mike. Try to be serious. It is Halloween. I'm trying. I was going through all the candy and, you know, sorting it out. <laughs> I know my kids have like, um, you know, I think it might be like when you fill up, uh, you know, a um, pillowcase, I think it's about 10 to 12 pounds. Wow. And they've counted the pieces in the past. And this time I was like, it was like way past bedtime i'm like really and then they divide them up in piles in the living room and then they do trading did you do that as a kid where you trade oh yeah and then we also had because i had you know four brothers there was arm wrestling <laughs> what like arm wrestling for snickers yeah 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 if you had a candy you liked and your brother had more you're like okay i'll give you two smarties for that uh that uh, sweet tart. No way. I'm wrestle you for it. And then it, it all hell broke loose and my mother's gone. All right. Give me all the candy. Oh, well, I, I have to take it away and I have to uh, like distribute it. And we have like a candy bag. and We put it up high. And then after dinner, you bring it down. Everybody gets a few pieces, including dad, because we had at least for one of the children. And this is going to sound like bad parenting. And maybe it is. I think he, I found a lot of wrappers hidden under one child's bed, the boy. <laughs> and then when we took him to the dentist, let's just suffice it to say that it was over $1,000 for the dental bill. And it was more than once that we had that issue. And between the two girls, they've had a total of one cavity. So one hasn't had one and the other had one. Well, so averaging it out between the three kids, you're probably about normal. Probably. I mean, I cannot. How can one kid get that many cavities that we're like spending? I mean, there's so much money in his mouth. <laughs> oh, man, I don't envy parents. Uh, I appreciate kids. I appreciate parents. But uh, no, I'm, I'm very happy 
that we are just good aunts and uncles at this point. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's a lot uh, more cost effective to just give a really nice gift at Christmas than have to come up with all the money to raise these kids because, I mean, and then they get into braces. Are you kidding me? Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Or let's talk about Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah, the okay. yesterday was an interesting day. The president went down Wait, to Florida. Did you just say the yesterday? Yeah. Okay, because you have so many little idiosyncrasies like Don the Lemon and the yesterday was very interesting. I agree with you. The yesterday was good. So go ahead. Yeah, it was. The yesterday was pretty good. And I, I watched the president and I talked about his uh, his rally in Florida. He was down in Fort Myers. And my buddy Drew was there. He had a press cool. at the rally. Yeah. He, and he said he bumped into John King. And I said, bumped into or tripped over John King from CNN. And he goes, yeah, let's just say my feet got a little closer than necessary. That's <laughs> naughty. So wrong. But uh, before he left, the president did another one of those little impromptu press conferences outside the White House. And I think these are just amazing. And he was um, he was talking to the press without the benefit of any pre-screening. Oh. And he was uh, asked questions about the border and the caravan that's coming up. Mr. President. And yeah, they're yelling, Mr. President. And he he actually made some pretty interesting statements after that reporter's like, what about the border? The caravan, which is very dangerous to see what's been happening. As far as the caravan is concerned, our military is out. We have about 5,008. We'll go up to anywhere between 10 and 15,000 military personnel on top of Border Patrol, ICE, and everybody else at the border. So they're saying that the 5,800 troops are down there, and we might triple that, which is kind of uh, interesting because I hadn't heard that before yesterday. I was, I was reading about the border as well, and it's interesting because it says the— um, uh, Trump uh, troops, Trump, Trump's troops, Trump's troops, troops, Trump. <laughs> Sorry, it's a tongue twister. Troops Trump is sending that they, he is sending there. The border won't stop immigrants or seize drugs. So is it just a show of force? Like what? What? You know what I mean? Like there's some like limitations on what they're allowed to do, per se. So he's ordered, uh, you know, thousands of troops in response to the ca caravan, we assume, and now we're hearing caravans, that more caravans are starting because they're like, wow, if they're going to get in, like we're going to start our own caravan and we're going to get up there too. Um, the, but they'll not be allowed to have any contact with civilians under a federal law, which restricts the use of the military on U.S. soil. They cannot stop or detain immigrants or seize drugs crossing the border. That has to be done by Customs and Border Patrol. So um, it's interesting. Troops will carry out similar duties to existing National Guard troops who've been servicing CBP vehicles and helping with surveillance. So is that more just like a show? Well, I think it's a deterrent. Okay, it I agree. The presence of tanks, and if you've seen that train that was going down to Texas with all those tanks and military vehicles, you're like, oh, my gosh. I think that's a huge deterrent. But I also think nobody really understands this uh, posse comitatus is what they keep quoting. Well, the military won't be able to do anything. They won't. Be no. If the state requests it, yes, they can Okay. So there's all kinds of different restrictions, and everybody thinks they know it, and I don't think anybody really does. But um, 
The president explained it in a little more detail. I watched him walking down this press line. He talked a little bit more about what's going to happen on the border. They're trying to get up by truck and by buses. We're going to be prepared. They're not coming into our country. And one other thing important, we're not doing any releases anymore. We're not going to release and let them never come back to trial. We'll build 10 cities where we have to build in terms of housing. But we're not doing releases. What? So that's kind of oh, it's very interesting. Yeah, because we have, I think, somewhere in the area of uh, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand people who've come in, filed for their hearing, and they never come back. They just uh, don't go anywhere. So yeah, now they find an aunt's house or yeah. you know uncle's cousin's house, and they just never you never hear from them again. They grab a social security number. I know, I know. Oh, that's not right, Angie. You're stereotyping. I'm just giving you an, an example of an example. Get a social security number, have a different name. All of a sudden, we never see or hear from them again in their in their in the way that they were registered when they came across the border. That person disappears. Yeah. I, I, I thought something interesting in the president's explanation of all this was also he tied the midterm elections and women's vote to the people pouring into the country. Check this one out. I don't view suburban districts or any other districts. I view the country. Our country has to be safe. And by the way, women, we're doing very well with the women's vote because they want security. They want safety. They don't want these people pouring into our country totally unchecked. And when you look at what happened to the Mexican police and you look at what happened two days ago to the Mexican military, it's a dangerous group of people. They're not coming into our country. Thank Interesting, right? He talked about that fence that was between Guatemala and Mexico and the guy. It wasn't a bunch of parents with little kids. It was men like 25 year old men throwing rocks and rushing the border. And they actually tore down the fence between Mexico and Guatemala and rushed through. Hmm. That's interesting. I just think that, uh, you know, the, the pictures that I'm seeing are, um, this is something new to get that many people to try to like, as I guess you, the words you use, rush the border. Yeah. And a friend of mine was uh, who, whose family came here from Cuba who's very much pro-immigration, he's very liberal, was saying, hey, how is this different from the boats of people who came from Europe to America? Was that an invading horde? And I said, no. They came to America. They did not get to the harbor until they had gone through Ellis Island and had been checked. Many of them were quarantined. If you remember the great acting couple, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, does mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. okay. they came over together as young people. And when they got to Ellis Island, one of them's paperwork wasn't right and they sent them back. So I think, I think Jessica stayed and Hume had to go back and straighten out some things and come back. We used to stop people at Ellis Island, check them for disease and just whatever, and then maybe allow them in. And we used to detain people to make sure they weren't bringing a plague in. If you go back 100 years ago, this was going on. And it was 100 years ago, Ange, we had such a bad flu season that uh, Baltimore and Washington actually ran out of coffins. Oh, my you know? goodness. 
Yeah, we talk about how last year 80,000 people died from the flu. Well, an influenza epidemic or other diseases can come in through your border. And 100 years ago, we tried to be proactive. And I think that's one of the things we're not talking about with this caravan is are we bringing children or adults into this country who haven't been vaccinated the way our general population has? All right. Well, that's an interesting point to make. And later on, I know we don't have the time now, but later in the morning, let's talk about Oprah uh, coming, uh, you know, out of her estate and getting involved in politics. She surfaced again. Let's talk about that later. Hey, friend, Angie Austin here. Just wanted to tell you a little bit about a really cool thing for you to get involved with that helps us, helps you, and helps Christians as well. It's called God's Glory Box. GodsGloryBox.com is where you go. You support Christian artists, whether it be music or authors or artwork. You spread God's glory, and you actually feed hungry Americans because they donate five free meals. And you can get a discount with Good News 5 at checkout for $5 off one box, and Good News 10 for $10 off a subscription. I got about five things in my last box. I got a really cool pillowcase. I got a t-shirt in one of the last boxes, a necklace, a placard, a pair of earrings. I gave them all away as gifts, and my box was not much over $20, and all of those gifts I was able to give away and encourage other Christians. GodsGloryBox.com, GodsGloryBox.com. The boxes are beautiful. You support other Christians. You help feed the hungry. And put in Good News 5 or Good News 10 for a discount. Oh, yeah. You know, I love this song. You know, for me, Michael Pelka, I'm Angie Austin, by the way. For me, Michael Pelka, the day after Halloween might be better than the lead up because the gems that we are given. So I am going through, uh, you know, social media and I see uh, (laughs) I see at Mark Sanford, Representative Mark Sanford, South Carolina. Uh, You may remember him because he went on the Appalachian Trail hike, and I'm using air quotes because really he was having an affair. He was the governor of his state. He was missing, and his wife and family couldn't find him, nor could his office. And then they said, oh, he's hiking the Appalachian Trail. So this dude is still in politics, okay? And he did come back and apologize, and he was contrite. I have to tell you, I've kind of kept an eye on him, but I missed (laughs) yesterday. Okay, so, yeah, but now it's become this thing where, like, you know, somebody's having an affair, and you're like, well, you know what they're doing, right? They're hiking the Appalachian Trail, wink, wink. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right, so he has a little uh, Halloween basket, so cute, and uh, he did a little post yesterday saying, Happy Halloween. Pocket constitutions are ready for today's trick-or-treaters. He's not giving out candy. He's giving pocket constitutions out, because you know how popular that is with the kids. So then social media went wild. They showed Mark Sanborn's mansion, you know, covered in toilet paper and pocket constitutions. They showed... uh, uh, it says here, uh, Mark Sanford, it says, this is a brazen effort to boost sales for the American Egg Board, you know, to egg his house. Um, this one says, Sanford is lucky kids can't vote because the anti-candy platform would get you kicked out of office fast. Another guy goes, please, can't you just at least tape some smarties to the Constitution to make it more fun for the kids? And yeah. then someone wrote something about... Um, uh, wouldn't the little darlings get more use of a map of the Appalachian Trail asking for a friend? That's very good. That's very good. But this is perfectly geeky. And <laughs> the person who said you should have taped some smarties to it is the only one who got it right. 
Well, well one more. One more did. Uh, one more said, do uh, the constitutions come with a free moral compass asking for America? Whoa! Oh, burn. <laughs> free moral compass? And then there was another. They did a meme and it had the basket full of maps of the Appal- Appalachian Trail instead of the pocket constitution. I mean, come on. This is hilarious. He gave out the pocket constitution. All right, I'm done. Oh, I can't take it anymore. Well, as someone who travels with the pocket constitution and several copies, what? Uh, I understand. Yeah, I always have a pocket constitution. With you me. do not. I've never even seen one, let alone carried one. Um, I have one in my computer bag. I have one in my every sport coat pocket has a constitute pocket constitution. And uh, I've been giving them out for years. I challenge people to catch me without one. I even have one oh, in my golf bag. I didn't even know this about you. So you so you don't even think this is a weird Halloween treat. No, I think it's a dumb Halloween treat, but the, the Constitution is the operating manual. I love our Constitution. <laughs> May I tell you one more thing from last night? Because, you know, we have a hayride through the neighborhood. One of my girlfriends gave out lemons. And so I was just like, oh, lemons. And she, you know what she did? It. She just wanted to see the looks on the kids' faces. And then, you know, she gave them candy after that. But she, like, gets out a big bowl of lemons and puts one in each bag. And the kids were all, like, ticked off. I just thought it was, like, funny. You have rich neighbors. Lemons are expensive. Oh, they are. They are. I would have got full-size candy bars and even those giant chocolate bars. I'm like, get another one for Mama. Now, see, you've given me ideas for next year. Here's what I think I'm going to do next year. I'm going to go to the because treaters at the house. We do have a trick-or-treater-like uh, map. There are certain houses where in the neighborhood they're approved. So my buddy uh, Burley... Has a uh, he's one of the people on the route. So I'll go to Burley's house next year, and I will have really good candy. I'll get some of the giant candy bars and some of the good stuff, and I'm going to ask some constitutional questions. Oh, just what to a, see. Yeah, what a great idea for children. You'll be so popular. And Burley's house will get egg, not mine. <laughs> That's a great idea. All right, what else you got? Um, you know. Dogs, man's best friend, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe not for Tex Gilligan. Tex Gilligan is actually recovering now after his dog shot him in the back. Really? He was uh, hunting in New Mexico, out uh, doing a little jackrabbit hunting with his dogs, Charlie Scooter and Cowboy. And uh, Charlie got his foot caught in the trigger of the gun. And as he leaned forward... Charlie slipped off the seat, caught the trigger, and shot him. He's going to be okay, but... Oh, my God. I saw that, and I thought, really? Is this, could this even happen? Sure. Sure, and that's why, if you are a responsible gun owner, you take time and make sure that when you're traveling, especially with young people, uh, people who are not really as skilled as you are or trained, you don't have loaded guns near them. You load up when you go out to hunt. You don't drive around with a loaded shotgun and dogs bouncing around the cab of your truck. Okay. Well, Just, that makes sense. And uh, do you know the company WeWork? Yes, I do. I saw this. What on earth? 
Well, WeWork, for the people that don't know, is uh, an office complex where you can go and rent space. If you, you have a company, a small startup, or if you're being remodeled or whatever, and you need a crossover housing for your staff, you can go in and get all kinds of stuff, uh, cube farms, uh, private offices. And so there are empty office buildings all over the country. And you become a WeWork member and you can work at any city that has one. At The Blaze, we actually had a WeWork space for like six months. And uh, you would go there, but they have a common space in the middle of every floor that has coffee, tea, uh, kind of like an area to sit. It's got refrigerators and you get free sodas and free water. Well, at 12 o'clock every day, they had free beer. I and, think that's crazy. Is that just a way to lure in people? Like, is that like, you know, to make it more attractive to rent there in case you're like a lush and alcoholic or you just want to entertain clients, you know, at a certain time every day? Well, they thought it was cool. And uh, then they started having a little problem that some people took the free beer a little too uh, uh, abusively, let's say. Yeah, like every office party, there's like that one guy or gal that you're like, really? Yeah, and a couple of uh, lawsuits for people that got a little handsy, let's say, or a little out of control. OMG. Well, we had a reporter that came to the Christmas party, had too many, and she twirled around on the dance floor and didn't have any panties on. I'm like, okay, next time, wear panties or drink less, one or the other, okay? Because that's more than we need to know about you. Yeah, and it's always the wrong person, too. But that's <laughs> for a different discussion. But so, so WeWork has put in a new limit. Now, four beers a day, and the taps are only open from noon to 8 p.m. I'm sorry, but four beers a day is too many beers a day. Can you imagine how much they were drinking before the limit? It reminds me of the baggage handler. Oh, yeah. What happened on that? I missed that. Okay, so here's the deal. Yet again, a baggage handler ends up someplace else. And remember last one, not last time we handled one of these, the guy said he was sleepy and fell asleep like in the baggage hold uh, for a nap. And you're like, was he drinking? Well, in this case in Chicago, police actually do say the baggage handler admitted he was honest. And I do appreciate honesty because, as we know, it's the best policy even when you're drunk. He fell asleep in the cargo hold and he flew from Kansas City to Chicago. American Airlines says the Piedmont Airlines employee was working an American flight uh, and it left at Kansas City International and the handler was in a heated, thank goodness, and pressurized cargo hold because it's already starting to get chilly. But I just think if you're a baggage handler, you need to stop napping at work and drink after hours. Uh, I'm okay with this. Are you? Why? Well, it wasn't the pilot. <laughs> That's I, true. And I, you know what the comments say underneath? He might need some O'Hare of the dog to help him face the music. Get it, O'Hare? <laughs> well done, because he did end up in Chicago. I love that story. That's I, I, I'm glad he they didn't report on him like vomiting on all the luggage, but I Ooh. probably learned his lesson. Oh, I think he did, Michael Pelka. I think he did. Do you have some more good stuff for the rest of the show? Because we need to end with a bang. Oh, I do. I've okay. got something you're going to love. All right. Oh, I can't wait. Is it fun or sad? I'm not going to tip my hand, but you will love it. You'll laugh, you'll cry. It's a lot like life. Just come on back. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Angie Austin, Michael Palka in the aftermath, the afterglow, in the candy stupor of Halloween. Um, I just wanted to mention that I did see one outfit that was pulled prior to Halloween 
from the Walmart. I saw the Walmart uh, online uh, website, and yeah. it was a granny tranny costume. And uh, people were offended, and I'm actually surprised that Walmart even put up the granny tranny costume. But I think something new is happening with online, with you know Amazon being such a powerhouse, Mike. I think they're doing a lot of this like drop shipment, okay? Where okay, Walmart doesn't have all this stock in a store, but a secondary like company has a lot of it, and then they're on the Walmart site or whatever. I'm using Walmart as an example. They're on the big box store site, but really that big box store may not have that stock. It might be a secondary store and they're putting it up you know what i'm saying i don't know i don't know in the granny tranny arena but i've just noticed that like other things will come up on websites that i'm looking at that don't seem like something you would normally find on like a sears type website you know and then a a secondary retailer is like on that website and then they're getting all the traffic of the big website like a sears or a walmart or whatever but really they're a smaller website and i think it's called drop shipping or something anyway i think it's fascinating what's happening to the online world and the granny tranny costume was pulled prior to halloween well first of all (laughs) what bobo doesn't understand the offensiveness of the term tranny And I'll tell you the historical reality here. I think it was three years ago, RuPaul, the most famous drag queen in the world. Yeah, I'd uh, say so. Who used to use the word tranny when describing transsexuals or transgender people. And the community told him that was as offensive as the N-word. And so RuPaul initially fought back. And they kept screaming at him. And so he has now acquiesced. So even RuPaul can't use the term tranny. So granny tranny, you knew it was going to be radioactive. Who was thinking? Who was in charge here? My bad. It's tranny granny. Okay. So that makes it even worse because it starts with tranny. (laughs) The backlash over Walmart's use of the transphobic slur has clearly been swift as evidenced by the error page that currently pops up when you click on the link to the costume. Presuming they uh, continue selling it, we're guessing we'll see a name change. Well, I don't think they're going to sell, but by the way, the guy looks really pretty, though, in the outfit. Like, he has, like, the grandma scarf on and, like, the really bad grandma, like, um, moo-moo, floral moo-moo. But he looks good. Like, he's really a good-looking man. There is no easy way here. I'm going to get mad at this. We can't. We can't use the phrase anymore. We're sorry if you're offended by that. But there was another video of a little girl dressed as a granny with a walker. She yes. has like two. Did you see her? No. And did she get in trouble for that? Is that OK? Oh, it's just adorable. One of the Fox channels, one of the local Fox channels put it on their Twitter account. And it's got a, a almost a miniature walker. And this is like a two-year-old. It's got the little tennis balls on it, and she's got a gray wig and an old granny dress, and she's walking along. It's the it's the most adorable turn of that well, uh, Halloween. Uh, so I'm trying to get us off the other one. Yes, yeah, so you're getting off the other one. Hey, it was on the Walmart website, so I was not using the term freely. Okay, so with that said, um, I want to say that my favorite costume from all the costumes in the aftermath of Halloween, and I, I, maybe I'll be in trouble for this one, it's the crazy cat lady, and it's the little girl in the robe with her hair and curlers and then they've sewn on all these stuffed cats onto her robe so it looks like about 15 <laughs> cats are stuck to her body and then she has rollers and all the lips 
lipstick and the cat eye glasses. And I'm sorry, the crazy cat lady is my favorite costume of all time. Now, I had a Groot, I had a gorilla, and I had a very glamorous snow leopard. So we were pretty tame. And then I'll, I'll send you a picture of what I was. I was kind of like a, who's the lady from the, the, the sea with all the uh, serpents on her head? Come on, help me out. The Hydra? Yeah, that was me. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Very fitting. Uh, the one that I saw that got my attention was the costume of the uh, the girl who did Exhausted Mom. And oh, the, that was cute. Yeah, the teenage girl dressed as the Exhausted Mom. So uh, we can put all those costumes away for another year. Uh, once again, I avoided <laughs> I avoided Halloween. Although we bought candy, and our crazy little uh, enclave here, nobody trick-or-treats. Really? I go out, and I always buy candy because Donna goes, well, we have to have candy. What if somebody comes to the door? Well, I have a big sign on the gate that says, no trespassing. This means you uh-huh. and armed security and all that. So nobody ever comes. Wait, so you just buy it for yourself? Pretty much. That's pretty funny. My mother is such a control freak that last night, because I'm always nervous about leaving her behind, because we had a hayride last night. It goes three hours and goes through the neighborhood, because the lots are really big. It's like more of a farm-like, you know, like lots. They're like three acres, maybe. So you get on the hayride, and then you go from house to house, because it's a really long way to walk, right? And then I had the older kids in my pickup truck, my husband's pickup truck, and I had them in the back of the pickup. And then they jump out because they're too cool to be on the hayride with the little kids. So anyway, we leave Grand Grand behind. And I'm super nervous because she can, like, lose it. Like, if she says take two and you take three, then you are in for a tongue lashing from Grand Grand. So you know what she did? She's such a control freak. And control freaks drive me crazy. Okay, I'm like, Mom, a kid takes three. Or if he takes three of the same kind, it's okay. Like, chill, okay? She put... Three in a baggie so no one would take four. She spent an hour sitting at the table. One, two, three, four in a baggie. I wanted to strangle her. I'm like, really? It's my house. I don't care if they take five or three or two or one. Oh, no, no. This is just easier for me. That way I won't get angry. You see, I respect this. I think that's just good, flat-out Halloween planning. She knows exactly how many baggies she's got. Everybody's going to get the same thing. No one's going to pull anything over on Grand Grand. I respect it. I endorse this behavior. I was relieved because I knew that she wouldn't like scream at any of the neighbors. So anyway, it was a good night. All right, what else you got? Um, Have you seen what the um, Silicon Valley high-tech execs are doing and demanding their nannies do? What? Yeah, just so amazing. This is like a tobacco executive telling their kids that they're never allowed to touch cigarettes or tobacco or smoke or any of that. The Silicon Valley tech execs have reportedly said that their kids are not allowed to smash their faces into screens all day. They're not allowed to be stuck uh, playing video games. So they are paying the nannies to keep the cell phones out of the hands of the kids. And they're allocating only certain hours a day. And that's interesting because You and I, they want us in there all day long, all night long. But for the rest of their family, no, that's a terrible thing. They realize that screen addiction is a bigger problem than anyone knows. I I, that's interesting because wasn't it? uh, 
It was it was the Apple CEO. Wasn't he the one? Uh, not the old one. The current one. Wasn't Tim. he? Yes, Tim Cook. Wasn't he the one that said he set limits on his kids in terms of time? It was some big mucky muck. These tech guys don't want their kids with their faces in it. I don't think it's Tim Cook. I don't know if he's got kids. He has a different lifestyle. I don't know if they have children. Not that, you know, you couldn't have kids. Right, but right. I, but, uh, but that one and I have... Uh, I have that that story, which is a do as I say, not as I do. But I have to tell you about cow cuddling. Okay, do cow cuddling, and then we'll see if we have time for mine. Do you go? Okay, newest trend, and this means people just have too much money. Cow cuddling. There are uh, um, farms in upstate New York that are offering a sixty-minute cow cuddling experience <laughs> for seventy-five bucks. Why? Why are you cuddling it? Why? What's the purpose of the cow cuddling? Well, it, it it calms you down. The animals have been proven to decrease stress in humans. Uh, think, you know, emotional support dogs. No, emotional support cows. And their body temperature is a little bit warmer than ours, and their heart rate is slower. So a warm body with a slower heart rate can calm you down. Farmers are getting seventy-five bucks an hour for the cow cuddling. And uh, even more money for a 90-minute session with a horse and cow where you get to pet, brush, and play with both cows and horses. Okay, it sounds fun for kids, but I think it should be supervised because if some weird guy comes in and wants 90 minutes with a horse and cow, I don't trust him. He's not calming anyone down. So I don't. I think that could go weird quickly. I want to talk to you really quick, just something people can look up. David Che, he's been blasted and accused of elder abuse. David Che is running for city council in California for the city of Irvine. I was just in Laguna Beach where they have a big homeless problem, and he has been for quite some time, maybe even like 12 years, been dropping off his mom, who's now 86, to panhandle. And I'm not sure what he does. It says he's entrepreneurial. Wouldn't it be really creepy if he was surviving off of dropping off his 86-year-old mom to panhandle? Because one of the um, a lot of the locals have been videotaping them. Anyway, wouldn't that be a scam if he was dropping her off, surviving on the money, and then running for city council? This one needs to be looked into. Well, what's worse is if people elect him and re-elect him. Mm-hmm.